Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, Grappling fans? Who's number one? What's up, Grappling fans? Welcome back to another episode of Who's Number One? Speeding through the week here. This almost feels normal now to be on the podcast every day of the week. And uh, we have two very special guests calling in today. Cyborg Abreu and Wagner Rocha calling in from Florida. Michael, how pumped are you for today's episode? Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. These guys, it's gonna be, I know there's going to be a fun conversation. It's not going to be hard to get you guys going. How are you guys doing down there? You guys both in Florida right now? Absolutely. We uh, we usually start off the show by checking on you guys and see how uh, you're keeping busy in quarantine. I know everyone's pretty much going crazy, but but Cyborg, go ahead and tell me what you've been doing to uh, to stay sane out there. What's your routine been like? Oh, well, whenever we got caught with the with the corona, you know, already. Had a pretty strong platform to hold on to, to like to hold to my students to be able to support my students at home. So I have been just like we did something called the Corona Camp, and I put the mats here on the back of my house. And uh, every day we do a road man. I'm waking up with the with the, with the ducks, right? Like <laughs> every day I'm waking up early with Maggie, and we're doing yoga, then a little bit a little home workout. Um, afterwards, some jujitsu, and then man, just working on projects. You know, like I do believe that you know, like we we can't change what what we don't have control on. You know, but but whatever we have control on, we have the obligation of capitalizing on it. So I believe that you know, like we for many years we asked for time, right? Like we all have been working so much that we never had time to actually accomplish the things that we want to accomplish. So I'm taking this time to work in all my projects, organize my affiliation. Um, and there's so much to do now, man. Even painting my kitchen like I did it these <laughs> days, me and Mac, you know what I mean? So I'm just reinventing myself and uh, making sure to take the best out of it. Man, that's a really, really healthy attitude to, to take for this situation. Wagner, what about you? You painting the kitchen right now? Rebuilding the bathroom maybe? 
No, I'm I'm actually <laughs> doing uh, I'm doing some some in-house projects as well as of course doing things with uh, with the gym. But I'm staying pretty busy with uh, my online classes. I do some virtual classes for my kids and my adults, and uh, I've been having great attendance with those. And uh, you know, with times that we are in, things are changing, and uh, you have to change along the way. So I've been uh, I've been busy with uh, with these classes. I've been getting great you know great uh, uh, feedback from my students, and uh, you know just trying to stay stay involved with them and uh, and keep them mentally uh, stable. You know a lot of people are um, are running the course of fear and scared of things that are happening, what they see on the news, and 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 rightfully you know so because it's it's just it's scary. But um, you have to you have to have fear. If you have fear, then you can't have faith in your heart, and you have to have faith that things will be okay and everything will go back to normal eventually. You know, so that's what I've been trying to preach to to my 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 close family, and I also get to spend a little time with my kids and my wife, and uh, and uh, and less less hard training. You know, it's actually been good on the body. I've been feeling better. A little time to heal. <laughs> One thing we've been asking all of our guests, um, especially those that have been teaching these these online courses and stuff for their students, is what are some ways that you guys think are the most effective to get better at jujitsu in isolation? Maybe maybe you don't even have a training partner. Maybe maybe they're just maybe you've adopted your your wife or girlfriend or whoever. You're dragging them into it. What are some things people can do to get better at jujitsu while they're stuck in quarantine? You want to go first, Abba? You're older. You can go. You can go. <laughs> You're ugly. Uh, uh, all right. So uh, I, I personally have been telling all my students to drag somebody in their household onto the mats with them. You know, I believe that not everybody has somebody in their house that they can uh, do jujitsu with, and they don't need to roll with the person. But I believe this helps even the community. So if, you, if you, for example, if you got a student and they got a mother or a father or a brother or a sister that doesn't do jujitsu and you get them involved um, in their activity. This, you know, might help in the future when this all blows over. You might drag another person into jujitsu because of the involvement, and this gives a person an easy opportunity to learn along the way as well. Which is what I've been doing in my classes. I've been, you know, trying to push people to bring their mothers, their fathers, their sisters, their brothers, their cousins, whatever it is that they're spending time with at home, because everybody's got somebody at home with them that they can bring them on the mat and that they can help them understand what they've been doing for this amount of time. That's because if somebody's dedicated enough to join in on an online class, they are dedicated enough to, you know, try to put somebody else on the mat with them. And at home it's more comfortable and it's easier to bring somebody into it than it is to even bring them inside your gym. Even if they are familiar with your place, it's easier at home than it is in the gym. What about you, Cyborg? What thoughts do you have on that? And what we have, what we have been doing is, uh, I believe that the best way is like, man, taking advantage of all the all the contents out there. You know, I believe that there is a lot of very good information um, out there. You know, like of course, every one of the professors and schools are doing their job and trying to uh, put it out as much as you possibly can. So I believe there is a lot of really good content out there, um, not only jujitsu but in life. You know, there's a lot of things going on. Um, personally, what uh, what, what the, the way I envisioned, you know, and uh, I could help uh, my guys, uh, my guys on the moment is that I have the, the the entire curriculum broke down from white to black belt. You know, so like for every stage uh, of the belts, I have everything broken down, and it's building on the courses. 
you know? So like I have uh, the platform tracks and measures, the evolution of all the students um, during the techniques that are actually um, targeting, uh, targeted on them, you know? So like now it's the time that I'm having all of my guys go through all of their curriculums. If they went through their own curriculums that which we have the capability of actually uh, um, seeing what they're doing now, uh, we just improved on the, on the platform now um, a way that the students can actually send the video, um, send the videos through the platform to the professors and we can analyze and send back correcting them and things like that, you know? Um, unfortunately, these days, there's not everybody like, well, the idea Wagner is using is amazing, you know? Uh, this of dragging someone else to actually <laughs> come in and try to do it. Um, but it's so cool, you know? Like, it's so cool. It is. It is It is a great opportunity to do that, you know? Um, but there's places, like, even here, man, Meg is a black belt, you know? But um, she, she would, I'm just filming with her, not even training with her. But just by filming with her, man, she, yeah, it's hard. It's super hard, you know? Um, she can't take my, my weight, man. I'm like... Without training, I'm like look, I'm like a bull right. now, you know. You're so like you're this. you're you're an exception. <laughs> you're you're you're, you're a, a, a giant human being. Not everybody's a giant human being. Man, it's so hard. So like, you know, like sometimes it's hard for uh, some people cannot actually have the po the possibility of having a training partner. But I believe that a visual training is just as important as 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 physical training as well. You know. So if sure. like myself, I've never had time to actually be watching videos because I'm always, always working and I leave my house at eight o'clock in the morning. I come back at 11 o'clock at night every day. I don't have time to, time to watch videos, watch fights, actually study jiu-jitsu anymore, you know? And I believe that this moment is a moment that everybody has time on their hands to do a lot of visual training, you know, like and you can learn and you can improve by trying to understand jiu-jitsu, you know? And uh, I believe everybody should capitalize on that. Something uh, I wanted to get into with you guys. Uh, I wanted to hear the story of how you guys met each other and how you guys ended up uh, becoming training partners, Wagner, how you ended up on Fight Sports <laughs> and everything. If uh, I don't know. Maybe, Wagner, you want to kick this one off? Yeah. Um, we we met in a, in a tournament. Me and Cyborg fought each other. It was probably the first year I got my black belt. It was a local. They used to, here in Florida, we used to have these little events that we still do, I believe, I just don't participate in it as much. But they used to be these absolutes for money. And um, I think Cyborg had just moved to the to – f... go on. Go no, on, I believe that Jump in, like, too. Back, no, no, I live, I live that, that back in the days was much more than it is today. I don't really believe that there is the, the amount of uh, money price the way it used to be back in the days. Hmm. Yeah, I, we used, I used to go hunting for, for money tournaments uh, <laughs> back in the days here. And uh, there used to be one in uh, Lakeland, Florida, called the Copa America. That it still it still goes on till today, if I'm not mistaken. But they used to put two thousand dollar absolutes, and um, I used to go to those. And I, I mean, I must have made the finals to this event like five or six times, like finals. And then I would either face this giant man that used to live up north uh, named Mauro Ronaldi. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this guy. Mm. Or I would face this other kid who's really good that's in Brazil that's called Davi Vieira now. Like, these guys are just really big, giant, good black belts. And I used to get smashed, but I would always go and get to the finals. And I got to the finals so many times that the guy started giving me my money back in the event <laughs> every time I'd show up. <laughs> so 
not you know finally i get to the finals of this event for like the 10th time and i I've, i see cyborg and i'm like oh i don't know this guy this guy's new right and uh so we start the match and uh i, th- I believe i took him down and when I took him down, the first thing he said to me, he goes, holy crap, little guy, you're strong. <laughs> <laughs> and then he got up and took me down. And then he, I think he took my back or something. I don't remember, but the score was, it was, it was close enough that we stopped the match at the end and we started talking. He's like, hey, man, where do you live? And I'm like, I live in uh, Fort Lauderdale. He's like, oh, I live in Miami. We should train together. I was like, yeah. He goes, you got anybody in your school that's really good? I go, yeah, my instructor is really good. He goes, I'm going to come visit you. And I'm like, okay, you know, like people always say that, you know, they're like, I'm going to come visit you. And then they never do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure enough. Like a week later he came over and started training and, uh, we, we, uh, we got together and we, that was, that, I think that was the beginning of the, of this story for us. At least, I don't know. Yeah. You got another perception of his cyborg, but that's, <laughs> that's no, it, was, it was exactly what it was, you know, like uh, it was super cool that there was these events here in Florida and we we're fighting all over the place. And I got to I got to scrap this the strongest like small, smallest guy in the world, the skinny no, uh, the strongest skinniest guy in the world, oh, Magrillo Forge. And it was and it was man, in the gi too. It wasn't it wasn't even this a no gi. wouldn't give this guy wouldn't give me anything. It was a gi fight too, right? Yeah, it was in the gi. Yeah, it was in the yeah. gi. So it was super cool, man. And. Uh, back in the days when I just have got here, I didn't really have training as well. You know, I was just opening for uh, had just opened Fight Sports not too long ago here in Florida. I didn't have much training partner, so I was always um, in steel, right? I love to be training with uh, different uh, people all the time. So I I, I started a conversation with Wagner, and he's like, "Man, I trained uh, under Pablo Popovich, you know." And I was like, "Man, <laughs> when is training there?" It's like every Tuesday and Thursdays, you know. We have this no gi training. Like, well, I'm there. So sure enough, you know, on Tuesday I was there already. And yeah. after his question that, was Your question huh? was, is he as is he as good as you? And I was like, bro, he's a lot better than me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you're like, really? I'm like, Yeah, you'll see. It was, it was Pablo Popovich. Oh my god. Yeah. Man, I think I yeah, never Pablo got was... my escape so much in my life the way I got from Pablo, man. Pablo Isn't... was amazing. That's when you guys were training. You're, you're competing as like Avengers or something for a little bit, right? Didn't you have? Yeah, but I, that's and that's how it started. Then you know, like, and then I started taking my entire team to go train with uh, with uh, with Pablo, and then we all training together. And it was even same time that a lot of the guys from Czech Mato was there, that Bushesha was there, and uh, Cavaca and, and Thiago Abreu and Palito. So it was a huge training camp that we were doing there in Fort Lauderdale, and that's how everything it was started. Amazing. You know. Yeah, that's how everything started. And from that camp, um, because of Pablo, I got invited for DCC for the first time, and and I, I took second, you know. And me and Pablo, we put a team together called the Avengers, you know. And then, man, we like we had such a such a such a great streak, you know. We won Panems and World's No Gi title as a team. Um, it was man, it was it was great times. It was uh, legendary times. The, the mat yeah, was like, if, if it was, it was like a mat half the size of what we got nowadays with almost as much or more talent than we got on the mat nowadays. It's crazy. It, used to be, it was crazy. People would show up there and they wouldn't allow people to train because there was just so many people on the mat and it was just like, you know, 30 black belts, like 30 high level, you know, 
you think Kavaka, Bushesha, Cyborg, Pablo. It was these guys were on the mat pretty regularly. You know what I mean? That's like a scary room, right there. Yeah, that's a lot of big dudes on the mat. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was craziness. How did you end up coming to found uh, Fight Sports after that, Cyborg? What do you mean? I'm sorry. How did you end up founding uh, Fight Sports? What was the origin of Fight Sports after that? No, the, the origin of Fight Sports started much before. I opened my school when I was a purple belt oh, in wow. Campo Grande, Mato Grosso do Sul. Whenever I was, when I was uh, a teenager, I came to America um, to learn English. You know, to, I did an exchange program. You know, I came here to. I graduated in high school here, so I had just started training in Brazil, and and I, I had just started training in Brazil for around three months. And I came to America. I studied for a year here. And when I came back, I came back as a blue belt. You know, I trained in Spokane, Washington. I got my, my blue belt there. So when I went back to Brazil, I had the, like, you know, I was speaking English and everything. Whenever I got my purple belt, I, I had to take a decision. And op- I took the decision of opening my own team, you know. So whenever I opened, I had no pretension whatsoever of actually moving to America or even no, like the knowledge that one day could happen, but I put the name of the school of fight sports in Brazil. You know, uh, de- destiny is really something amazing, man. And uh, and that's how everything started. No, I was in Brazil, uh, 22 years old, opened the school there as a fresh purple belt. And uh, in 2007, when the worlds came to America for the first time, I came to I came to compete at the worlds on the way way back. I came to visit my uncle who lives in Miami and he had introduced me to my first partner. His name is Paul Sack. And the guy was like, man, I'm opening a gym in one month. Do you want to come to Miami? I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you used to live in the jungle in Brazil, man. Moving to Miami would be a good, a good step up, you know? So <laughs> it was cool, man. I came and I had to restart the entire journey. You know, like our brand had to reborn here. And uh, that's how everything started here. But, but when I opened my school here, I already had even my own black belts in Brazil, you know. So now Fight Sports actually has 17 years, you know, and uh, over 100 black belts under the flag. So it's uh, it's super cool, the, the work that I have been doing. I've been to uh, Campo Grande before. My wife's family's from there. I went to my wife's uh, <laughs> gra- grandmother's it's birthday party down there. Man, it blew my mind when I went there because it's like, you know, Americans, when they think about Brazil, everybody just thinks of Rio, of like karaoke style. Then you get to, I went to Campo Grande, and it's like people got cowboy hats on. And yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a whole different world down there, right? Did you get to go to Bonito? It's the Texas of Brazil. No, I didn't. I didn't get it's to go the to Bonito. Texas of Brazil for real. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I saw a guy. I was at the market where they sell like all those like bullhorns that you can drink out of, and all the uh, yeah. the terrain, all that stuff. And I saw uh, people with like University of Texas hats on. I think they just like it because it has the bull on it. But it's like, yeah, it's yeah. for real, like the Texas of Brazil. Uh, so, <laughs> what's it like? What's it like training with each other? We've heard uh, a lot of stories. Uh, Dante was on here a couple weeks ago. He said when he, when he went to fight sports that Wagner talked a lot of trash when they were training together. <laughs> I want to hear. Uh, I think people would be interested to hear stories about of you guys about what it's like training with the other one. Maybe. I just gotta say before we start, Wagner's name comes up a lot on yeah. this podcast. People remember their matches or their training sessions with Wagner. <laughs> Anybody from seventy-seven kilograms talks about Wagner when they're on here for sure. Uh, Cyborg, what's I, it like I've, training I've with Wagner? Marked a lot of lives. <laughs> this guy's the biggest asshole in the world. That's <laughs> he he's a he's a he's a he's a bully by nature, man. 
He's a bully by nature. So it's always amazing, you know, because I was challenging for us to, to train together. I believe that, you know, despite of the, uh, the weight difference, uh, Wagner is uh, my best training uh, for a long time. You know, like, man, we have been pushing each other for, for such a long time and, you know, for many camps. And uh, it's super cool, the friendship that we have built because of that, you know. Uh, but again, like I believe that you know, like the beauty of having a big team, or it's exactly the the clash of styles, you know. And um, I love training with Wagner because he always he knows how to press my buttons, you know. No, because I'm always just like super centered, you know, and focus on the fight. And this guy's like, "You're not passing my guard. You're not taking me down." I'm like, "Bro, I'm trying to focus here, man." Shut up, you know? <laughs> I actually, I, I think I started. Like, man. People I from the outside who, who watches, people like probably freak out because he's mad. He, he like he's like he spanks me. He hits the shit out of me all the entire time. But like I don't fall for his, you know. It's okay. Like I I'm focused. Like that's all right. And he pushes, hits me. It's like whoever is watching from the outside is probably like terrified. It's like my man. If this guy does cyborg, what is gonna do to other people? <laughs> I started. I started the shit talking to to Cyborg. I think that's where I first saw that it really worked. I used to roll with him, and I used to stay quiet and just do my thing and kind of try to motivate myself and and uh, in training. I, I believe talking is usually part of my own motivation. And um, I started to do it to him, and I started to notice that I would have good results when I would talk to him, and I would have bad results when I was quiet. So I started using it against him. And uh, I started noticing that I would get in his emotions. He was like, if we were having a good role and he was doing good and I was doing good, and then I would say something, he would he would turn it up another notch, and I'd be like, oh shit, he's turning it up because he's he's upset of what I'm saying or what I'm doing. So I noticed that it worked, and it works in competition. You, like you guys said, you know how many guys that come on there that have been are in my division that are bothered by the things I do when I when I fight. And usually, I'm not doing it to be disrespectful. Half the things I do and say are pretty pretty you know they're pretty common things you know like like you said jt was saying that i said he was slow yeah i felt like he was slow at the time i was like yo you're slow right now and they get me you know and it's not it wasn't to be disrespectful to jt and same thing with dante i was like dante i'm gonna pass your guard like i want him to believe that you know what i mean i want i want it to sink in his brain because it makes it makes my job easier when I'm there. You know what I mean? Like if I if I can get him to believe I'm gonna pass his guard, or I can believe I can get him to believe that he's slow, then that you know that helps me. You know. So I started to learn. I kind of think I learned that with Cyborg because yeah, I just you know think about it. I'm a, I'm 170 pounds. This guy's 250, and he's fast and I'm he's strong and he's explosive. Yeah. <laughs> <You're 250. laughs> I gotta say, the only person I know be like this makes Cyborg oh, angry. Like, I'm gonna do more of yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> Wagner. Do you ever see like in a competition? Do you ever like you say something to people and then you see a reaction out of them and you're like, oh man, I got him now. I I I got him going. Oh. I- 99% of the time I've everybody that I've ever faced over my career I've used it you know sometimes I use it just to measure like I'll start off the match and I'll compliment them you know and think about how serious people are you know how serious people are in, in matches you know they're like stone face killers you know they're trying to they're trying to get their game going and you know you turn to somebody and you say hey man that was nice good job that, that throws people off usually they either have like a what is this guy talking to me for? You know what I mean? Like, it it, it just it met, like I'll give you an example. My first match at ADCC uh, this year against uh, Sev- Severio Tulio, right? Severio Tulio. Yeah, yeah. 
in the middle of the match, I was like kind of getting trying to get into motion. I was like, man, I got I feel I felt slow, right? So I was like, you know, I like music, and the, they were playing music, so I started singing the song that was uh that was on the on the loudspeaker while we were fighting. I started singing the song, and he was blown away. He he took a step back and he looked. His eyes opened up real wide, and he was like, "What's wrong with this guy? Why is he singing? Like, he's singing, you know." And then he referred that story back to to uh, to uh, Edwin, who came back to me later. And was like, "Yo, bro, you're crazy. You were singing ACDC back in black in the middle of your fight." I'm like, "Was I?" <laughs> you know, I, it, again, it's to me. It's just I don't even do it like maliciously to mess with people, but I I just been doing it for so long now that it, it just it, and I feel like in the gym, it really a cyborg can, will tell you it motivates people, man. How often do we have super fights in the gym where we we, I line people up. I'm like, hey, let's go. And then I'll start talking trash. I'll take them down. And I'll be like, oh, man, I'll, I'm going to win this match. I'm not going to let you score on me anymore. I'm just going to stall you now. You know? And like, can you tell somebody that, that that helps them level up? That makes them go, oh, really? Is that what you're going to do? And they, they try harder, you know? Which is, you know, like you were saying, I'm not doing it to piss anybody off, but I'm more so doing it to either level them up or help me level up. You know what I mean? Which you know has done has helped me a lot in a lot of matches I've been losing, or I know I'm losing, and I push myself by talking in the match. You know what I mean? Yeah, because whenever you talk, you know you're gonna have to back it up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You talk <laughs> shit, you gotta back it up. Cyborg, you're always <laughs> right. You, you, you're there coaching him a lot, Cyborg. Do you ever hear him saying something from the coach's chair, and you're just like, oh man, what the hell? <laughs> oh, he tells me no, to be quiet. He's told me, hey man, shut up. Him, talk to him. My coaching is talk to him. <laughs> I hit him with another line. <laughs> no, I he, like you've that. told me to shut up too. You're like, hey man, be quiet. You're talking too much. No, 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 no. no. I told you. I told you. Because the stuff is there's competitions that you know that you can get in trouble for it. You know, you know that you can get in trouble for it. And this guy, I have to have the bunch of conversation because we help each other a lot. You know, and uh, there's a um, there's a bunch of moments that I had to talk to him. It's like, man, now is not the moment. You know, now you can't talk anymore because if you do get punished, now it's gonna cost you the. Oh, oh. Okay, oh, there you okay. Go. back. We're back. Okay. So there's always the proper moment and time for us to be able to play that game, right? You can't take the chance of be talking if you if you will run the risk of being penalized for it. You know, um, so yeah, like again, enough. you know, again. So that there is moments of like, man. You don't talk anything and you stop smacking. That's the only thing you gotta stop him from doing. You know, when when he's smacking everybody around, you know, there's times on the on the fight it's man now, calm down a little bit, release the hands a little bit, because we can't run the risk of getting a negative point so close from the fight to end, or if you already have the advantage and things like that. You know, you said smacking. Being smart, being uh, you said smacking people around. I think you're talking about when you, the little push to the chest that you do sometimes. You do that to get in people's head too, don't you, Wagner? He does a no, lot. I use that. He does a lot of collar ties. I, I use it to measure. As cyborg, I get a lot of good takedowns off those measuring tools. It's a, it's a measuring stick, if anything. I, I, that's how I see it. You know, not a lot of people. <laughs> not a lot of people use some of my tactics, right? But there is, there is, there is, there is stuff to the madness, right? So. If you, some guys are like, oh man, you're just pushing. Well, I'll give you an example. If I'm pushing, right, and every time I push, you step in and you resist, and then I fake a push and I step in behind it, 
I'm probably going to get into your legs much easier. You know what I mean? And and ADCC, it's such a, a wrestling-based event. You know, I, listen, I'd rather see people pull guard. I'd rather have a guy pull guard for me and have me try to work the pass for the whole round or have a guy attack my legs or or even if I can't take them down, I'd rather pull guard. But in ADCC, you can't. You know, I'm talking ADCC because I use that 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 jabbing to the chest mostly in that event. You can't forego a takedown or forego position uh, by pooling because you're you're gonna get stuck in a position that you're gonna get you're gonna lose the match. You know, so you got to figure out ways to get in. And every single athlete, like the 77 kilo division that I fight in, those are like that's the best guys in the world. Simply, if you look at the the number one division that has the most stacked competitors that was it this year you know crazy and yeah for me just to be at the top of the heap you know at almost 40 years old that says a lot you know what i mean that the you can say whatever you want about what i do but it has the madness has results you know what i mean so no but again like this technique like i do appreciate all of the, the the aggressive style you know and i believe that's how should everybody should approach jiu jitsu you know um i believe that nowadays people have softened up a lot there's a bunch of Ooh. fights, man, that went out there. And, man, I had a fight over final, my final match with Verdun in 2009, if you guys go there to watch. Man, we slapped each other out, man. It was super hard fight, man. He made me sit by crunching my, my, by crunching my fingers, you know? Like, he pushed, like, and made me, made me pull guard by, like, grabbing my fingers, you know, and it's okay, you know, it's a fight, you know, it's, a, it's, the, it's, it's the biggest event in the world, you know, but unfortunately, a lot, a lot of people don't take it that way, you know, nowadays, people are very soft, if you grab their fingers, they cry, you know, like, if you do a hard collar tie, you know, it gets harder, you know, so um, whenever two people uh, are like-minded, you know, two people like to fight, I know if someone collar ties Wagner hard, He's going to open the biggest smile in the world, you know, and he's going to come back. It's not offensive. Let's do it. If you want to play that game, we play that game, you know, and without losing the respect or or anything, you know, the problems a lot of people nowadays are not used to that kind of, to that kind of aggressive style of jiu-jitsu, the madness that Wagner is talking about, you know. So now we have to, you know, we have to measure up. ADCC is one of those events who they're a little bit, they give us a little bit more of leverage to play with that, you know? Other events, not so much, you know? So it's it's just like we got to, which, like, if you come to the school any day and if you see me and Wagner training, like, a lot of people think we're fighting each other, you know? But, man, we're, like, going at it a thousand percent, and in spite of the, the, the weight difference, man, we're going a thousand percent and hitting each other and pushing each other on the wall, you know, because I believe... It has to be as, as as close to reality as it can possibly be, you know. And we love training that way. A lot of people don't, you know. So the whole thing is for us to um, try to, whenever we fight, we have to calm down on the way that we do train on a constantly basis. And you guys know, like you know, we have received most of the the elite the, the elite of jiu-jitsu here in Miami. And you guys know, have heard already at least that everybody who comes out here comes. Uh, comes out of here with a very amazing impression from the vibe that we bring to the training, you know? So tough training doesn't relate to bad um, synergy between the fighters, you know? The other way around. Instead of being pushing, like, we go hard, 
but we always having a smile on our face. We're always taking care of each other. You know, by any means, it get on a point that's disrespectful or it push the limit of any of us, you know, because we know that we're always just trying to make each other better and never to actually take advantage of a situation to be disrespectful or nothing like that, you know? So it's just yeah, the always, approach to yeah. that we have here that is super aggressive, but uh, the most respect, on the most respectable way possible. Victor Doria is in the, yeah, uh, Victor Doria's in the YouTube comments right now. He says, I believe I'm the only one that likes Wagner and I don't even like him that much. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loves me. I'm, 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 a, I'm a great guy. Just not if we if there's a referee between us and a contract signed. You know? Wagner, that's, that's I, we'd basically, be rem- you know, we'd be remiss not to bring this up. It relates to exactly the stuff we're talking about. You got a really strong reaction when you debuted the Python triangle. Is that your word for it or the muffler? I forget. I, I forget what, which the one python. you like. The Python choke. I like. That. I call it the Python. Yeah. It's like the smother over the mouth when you have the back. People really don't like that. I'm a little bit confused by it. Like, there's so many worse things you can do in a jiu-jitsu match with somebody than cover their mouth. But man, people get really yeah, angry. Yeah, people. I guess, I guess people rather have their face crushed, you know, with, yeah. with a short choke across the jaw than than for me to cover their mouth. And it, it, it's mostly, I'll be truthful with you, it's not the American culture that's really upset with it. It's the Brazilian cultures. So it's more of my people that uh, that that get butt hurt about the things I do. Mo- majority of the things I do, which, you know, I, I just shrug my shoulders and kind of laugh it off because it doesn't really bother me. You know, again, I these guys are like, oh, I, that's not technical. I can't believe he's doing that. Let's be realistic. If I get to a world champion's back and I trap his arms out and I trap his hands out and I'm able to cover his mouth with my with one hand while he can't do nothing about it. If you're telling me there's no technique involved behind that, then you know you kind of you kind of you either sleeping or you're retarded. You know what I mean? But I on 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 in any other note, it doesn't to me. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks because I know you know the guys I've done that to and the guys have that have been executed to that move. That's that's some that's a that's a, a special list, you know. So. And again, it's not disrespectful, you know, that that's just trying to be inventive, you know, innovative, you know, not getting anybody's not getting everybody's neck is that easy, you know, but I find that sometimes you get to their back and, you know, you get trapped in that position. It's it's horrible. It's it's not fun. And, uh, you know, I don't take it personally when I get done to me in the gym. Cyborg is always trying to do it to me. If Cyborg has a day, he rather he rather try to python me than tap me. It's funny. Right? Every time he gets a chance, he covers my mouth. He's like, ah, I'm doing my move to you. I'm like, yeah, I know. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> right? Am I lying? Cyborg, you no, he doesn't. He, just, he laughs it off. But every time I have the opportunity to bully him, I have to do so. <laughs> uh, oh, he rather try to fight on me than have me. That's hilarious. Uh Something I wanted to talk about with you guys today, I, I, we've been having uh, some really good conversations talk about this with people lately. I wanted to talk to you guys about which wins of your careers uh, are your favorite, the biggest win of your career. Not necessarily the, the you know, not necessarily world final, ACC final. Which win you're most proud of that you like the memory the most? Uh, maybe Wagner can go first. Looks like Cyborg's thinking about it. Hmm. You put me on the spot. Um... I, I there's a couple. Can I put like a like yeah, three yeah. or four out? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, 
I would say like the combat jiu-jitsu tournament that I won was a big big win, you know, the tournament in itself, just because I, I liked being able to to slap people and use it in my jiu-jitsu. Thought that was that was a big highlight in my career, and then um, I got two wins over you know Augusto Mendez at the fight to win, which was, I pythoned him, and I won over uh, Celso and uh, Kasai that I was able to do the same thing. You know those two wins, you know those two guys being you know world, world champions and uh, you know ADCC champion. Those guys, you know, I got respect for them as as human beings because they're good people, and it was also. You know, pretty big wins in my on my on my career, and and it's recent wins. You know, so those are jujitsu wise, of course. Where does kicking AJ off the stage rank in your in your top career oh, moment? No. <laughs> <clears throat> that was a that was a uh, a uh, a bad call on my judgment. You know, I was uh, I let uh, my emotions get the best of me. You know, not that to say that AJ didn't deserve it because AJ can be can be special sometimes. But uh, I definitely <laughs> feel like I, I overreacted. Let's just say, and uh, you know, it did it did put me on the map for a second. You know, not the way I'd I'd want to be remembered, but um, definitely it is what it is. You know, it's history now. So not many people can say they have that on their history book. You know? <laughs> I think I think it got a pretty good reaction though, to tell you the truth. For for you you. Yeah, what kind of reaction do you think I got? I, well, flo- I mean, it, flow if, it, loved it. if it was if it wasn't AJ, if it was somebody else, if you would have kicked JT, JT Torres off the stage, I think people would have been a lot more. Would have never happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You could name name ten other guys, and I'll probably tell you it would never happen. So, <laughs> so. What about you, Cyborg? What is what is a um, a match that you remember that you really uh, you've had such a long and you've won so much stuff? What is there anything that that sticks out to you? Man. There, I, I have many great fights, but there was one fight that I even Gracie Mag post uh, post uh, an article about it now yesterday or the day before. That's from ten years of that event in the Worlds of 2010 on the semifinals. I first I had like an amazing event, um, had man a super hard bracket. And, uh, man, I got to Roberto Tozzi first fight, Gabriel Vela, which was the actual champion, the second fight, beat him. And then I went to fight Braga Neto on the third, uh, Antonio Braga Neto on the third fight. And uh, whenever I, because of it came from uh, two very tough matches, man, I had no, I had no grips anymore. You know, my hands were like, you know, like, you can mojo fast, you know, lettuce hands, you know, like you couldn't. I couldn't move my hands anymore, and it was it was super hard for me. I was super tired already, and I went to Braganeto. Braganeto back in the back in the days, man, he was the uh, the rock in my shoes, you know. Like man, Braganeto was really, really, really good. Uh, he was in a, such a great moment of his career, and whenever we fight, me around the back in my back six minutes, like. Choking me non-stop, you know, choking me non-stop, and uh, and uh, my students were outside, man. Please, like, it was my dad's birthday, and I was like, please, you know, like, don't don't tap out, master. Come on, push, keep on fighting, keep on fighting. And man, he was like, I was about to tap uh, to pass out like three, four times. He had six advantages of chokes on my back, and uh, lasting thirty seconds, he did a spalha frango, you know, like he. You know, just opening me up on the floor with the choke, and I could take one of the hooks out, 
put him on half guard, push him up, and did a triangle on him lasting 20, 15 seconds of the match. You know, and uh, wow. that was that was an amazing, amazing, amazing match for me because um, there was a lo like a lot of overcoming, you know, because I didn't have hands, I didn't have, like, my body wasn't responding anymore. The time ran off, the amount of points they had on me, there was no way for me to come back. And I got to, to have that, that uh, come back there. I believe it was the, the match of the year um, of 2010, you know, and uh, for sure it's going to be a match that I'm going to remember forever. Yeah, Braganetto, he would, he just fought the last ADCC, didn't he? Didn't he fight Puchecha in the first yeah, round? Yeah, he did. He fought, he fought really. It was a really tough match, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's incredible. A comeback, comeback victory. Another question. Yeah, well, the comeback victory, man, that was super special. And, of course, my ADCC title that, you know, like the absolute one I won was against Bushesha in 2013 in China. And then that, that entire day was a blessing for me. You know, all matches that I had that day was, you know, like I believe that that day was the day that I felt the best in my career. You know, um, I felt really like I felt really good. I got to, you know, score 10 points on on Bushesha on the finals of Absolute. And uh, man, about to end that fight, I would look to the clock Look to like man, like look to the crowd. Like man, I didn't know what was going to happen there. You know, like I was like, man, a, a thunder is gonna strike me here. You know, something's gonna happen. Beat a lot of guys. Stop. You know, I don't believe that. And you beat a lot of good guys that day. Yeah. Who who was yeah, your run in the absolute? Cool, who did you have in the huh? absolute that year when you won the absolute? Who did you have in that absolute tournament? The first match was. Uh, first match was was uh, looks like a Camille. Gary Tona, no. Gary Tona Camille, was... my friend Camille, no, was Camille from Poland, which, man, is an amazing guy. You know, really good jiu-jitsu from Poland there. Camille, if I'm not wrong, has uh, won five or six uh, trials from, from Europe. And I had Camille the first match. I got the submission. And then I had the second match. I got uh, Gary Tonin. And I, I believe I scored 10-0 on Gary. And then I fought... Um, Keenan. Keenan and then I and I Keenan. did six six zero on Keenan. I passed his guard twice and then I got to score ten zero in the finals. Man, it was, what a, was, it was a pretty good run. What a great run! Uh, that that year you had uh, lost to uh, Buchecha in the weight class and then you came back to beat him in the absolute final. What do you think you did different in the absolute? What do you think changed? I it happened exactly what happens in training with me and Wagner. <laughs> we're like we're super good friends you know it was we're super good friends uh especially back in the days man we we're tight all the time and we, when, whenever the match started from the weight division um he got pretty heated up and then he is, slapped me on the face when he slapped me on the face i was like motherfucker i'm gonna get you back you know and when i tried to he hit told him you back, he took me down <laughs> oh my god <laughs> When I tried to hit back, he shot a double leg, took me down, man. I want to cry. I was like, I'm this most stupid guy in the world that I felt for it, you know? Um, but again, there works. was nobody. Huh? It works. I told so, you it works. Well, he took me down because of my reaction, and I ended up losing by, by those two points. And uh, and uh, But again, there was nobody that I want to win other than Bushesha, man. He was, the kid's uh, super special, you know, like in a... Uh, it was one of those one of those days that you know, like if if you lose, you rather lose to a friend and see him, 
you know, getting his arm raised, you know, like, and that's how I believe. Whatever you lose, never, nobody taking some, nothing from you is because that day wasn't yours and you got to accept that, you know, like, and be happy for other people's victory as well. Another thing we we love to talk about right on the back end of uh, greatest victories, or maybe touch on some of your guys' greatest opponents and challenges. You know, rivals or something that really can make a career super exciting. Do you guys have some athletes uh, in your in your mind that is like your ultimate rival, someone that's pushed you to go go to the next level? Um, yeah, somebody that you that you think about like in training that you you know I'm gonna have to fight this guy like throughout your career. Like who 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 do you, be some of your biggest rivals? You think Wagner? Uh, you know, it's the, the, the current top three, four guys in the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those are the guys that are, you know, generally on my, on my radar, you know, I'm watching kind of watching some of their things, watching their matches. I, I, I'm a, believe it or not, I like watching matches. I've always loved watching matches, you know, never, never for a second, you know, 10 years ago, I would have thought that I would be in this position that I am in today. Uh, you know, but I, ever since, you know, I can remember, I, I always like watching, you know, jujitsu. So nowadays I just take the time to watch the guys that I really, um, have to keep my eye on because I, I know that they're, you know, coming strong, you know, guys like, you know, of course, JT, who's the guy in front of me right now. Um, Gary, that's right there as well. He's always right, you know, right beside the pack, you know, running really strong, doing well in his, his career, you know, Dante, who's consistently now doing very well in matches as well you know you're always keeping your eye kind of awake and and uh, alert to to the to the best guys in the world you know so i personally uh, i'm a fan of all those guys i have you know decent relationship with every single one of them i respect them they know who i am and they know what kind of opponent i am and what i bring to the table and uh and i and i keep i keep relevant you know what i mean i tried to to learn as much as I can to everything that's happening, you know, so that, uh, you know, you don't run into something you've never seen before. So, so correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but for you, your rivals are, are much more of a, an asset to study than like emotional motivation. You really just watch their game. You see what they're doing and, you know, try and make plans for that. But it's not something that keeps you up late at night or something like that. No, I, I, man, I'm, I'm too old for that. Like (laughs) (laughs) I'm too old for that. Like these guys, you know, like jujitsu to me is so much simpler than people make it, make it be, you know what I mean? Like, man, it's not like you're going into a cage where somebody's trying to kill you. Once you fight MMA, bro, jujitsu makes, makes you feel like you're, you know, playing chess, you know, like this is, this is easy, you know, this is fun, you know, this is not dangerous. This is not, this is not harmful to your health. You know what I mean? Like, Fighting MMA, you, you, that makes me – that used to make me feel some type of way, you know. That made me, would make me feel like, oh, man, like I have to really study. I have to, you know, have to dot my I's, you know, and my cross my T's and everything's got to be perfect because, you know, that could end your life, you know what I mean. This, you know, you tap, you lose, go home, so what? Life moves on, you know. You, you know, it's the people who, who, who put that much energy into, into just grappling – they, they, they won't do well. You know, you can't enjoy something like that. If I, if I, if I sat back here and thought about how I lost to JT two losses in a row and lost sleep over it, I wouldn't enjoy what I do. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't continue doing this. You know, I, to, for you to love what you do, you have to take the ups and downs, and you have to be grateful for for people and grateful for things that 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 come in your path. You know, 
but you can't stress it either. You know, you can't, you can't dwell on it. Life can't stop because of it. You know, so I think I think that really sum that really sums you up, sort of uh, on on competition day because you know I, we know all these athletes and a lot of them who I'm friends with or I'm I'm cool with. Like you got to sort of stay away from them the day they're going to compete because they're really on edge. They're oh, really I'm having fun. That's my fun day. Yeah, you you come up. I, I remember at ADCC right before right, right before you were about to go on the mat for one of your fights, you came up to me and start start talking to me, joking around like seconds before you're about to go out. It's like the opposite of how everybody is, else is right before they compete. That's my fun day. That's that's the time to shine. If you can't if you can't be in your own skin that day, how are you going to do good? How's your mind gonna? How are you going to perform at your best? How are you going to make judgment calls? You know what I mean? You, we're all going to lose. You know what I mean? Like, but it, and we're all going to win. But it's if you can't have fun when you're doing it, then you're not gonna you're not gonna be at your best, you know. That's the thing that I think I, I, I get called to do a lot of these super fights because I feel like the promoters enjoy watching me compete and I keep it really entertaining for the crowd because I don't care. I really don't. Like if I lose, great. If I win, great. But I'm coming out there to make a show. I'm coming out there to fight, you know? I'm coming out there and I'm gonna put, you know, my hands all over you and I'm going to come, I'm going to come with everything I got. So, you know, I'm not thinking about winning or losing. I'm thinking about going out there and doing my best. That's it. You know? And if I could do that, then, you know, it's a good day. What about you, Cyborg? Who is somebody you've, uh, throughout your career that you would say would be like one of your rivals or who are some people that have pushed you throughout the years? Like, like Wagner said, you know, like for, for every stage of your life, you have, you have different, different guys who, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to focus on, you know, but like to tell the truth, I was never someone who studied a lot. You know, I'm not a guy who watches videos, who, you know, like tries to study my opponents. Uh, I'm a guy who trains super hard and super consistent with my own training. You know, there's not one day they're going to come here and I'm going to be on the mats pushing myself, you know, like, so, you know, like I understand the, the rivalry that there is out there and I understand I'm going to have uh, amazing fighters for me to compete against. But I try not to focus on them. I focus on myself and my well-being. You know, like so. What I like to do truly, I train for guys like Wagner who have to face every day, every week. Like <laughs> I train for them. I don't train for the competition. You know, um, I I love the lifestyle of Jiu-Jitsu. You know, and uh, sometimes I have to stop myself because I push myself too much in training. You know, like and not really focusing towards the competition that we're going to fight. You know, so like I try to always stay ready, you know, so I'm always training hard, I'm always pushing myself. And uh, of course, you know, depending on the moment, depending because I compete gi and no gi, you know, so depending on the time, um, on the previous month from my fight, I try to adjust one thing or the other or the other towards the person that I'm going to be competing against. You know, but I'm someone who takes my take my losses really good. You know, like uh, um, I don't really like you know I don't really, I try at least not to be carrying you know like bad 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 feelings to, towards anyone. Of course, there's um, there's guys that you know at the I, like I'm all heart. That that's a problem that I have. You know, like I try to do good to everyone, and I try to you know like I don't care on, uh, on losing on the mat. Um, but you know, like just with the outside, the mats are what can can bother me, you know. So I, but I try to keep it out of it, man. You know, I just try to I always promote good vibes. I'm friends with nine ninety percent of the guys who I ever have fought throughout my career, you know. So I believe that's how it has to be, you know. Like 
or your opponents are going to make you grow, you know. But even though I'm not someone who actually focuses on opponents, I focus on myself and on my team. And whenever the, the opponents uh, get in front of me, I, I, I deal with them. What do you guys think? Should we uh, break down some matches, Mike? Yeah, uh, let's do it. This this first one, uh, I was just going to play the entire match. This is a great match. Uh, this is another one. I think you probably like this one because it's it, it's similar to uh, your match with Braga Neto. You said where you, you like that one because you fought back and you showed heart. The same thing here. Yeah. This was a comeback win against uh, Hulk the day that you won uh, 40K in uh, in Vegas. If you want to cue this up. Uh, it was a good day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, this was an interesting tournament. There was a lot of money on the line. There were some really good guys. If you want to just – the whole match is going to play. So if you just want to walk us through the tournament, how you were feeling, your preparation, all that, and talk about what's going on. Yeah, man, this, the preparation for this event was was great. You know, like we had Patrick Gaudio. We had the, like, uh, Mohamed had just got here. Of course, I had my entire team behind my back. I trained super hard with uh, – Maui's training super hard with Wagner, Bebe, um, Vitor, Enrico, and um, like the entire crew there at the gym. You know, Coach Manuel always pushing on wrestling. And also, like, um, Roosevelt was here and, and all the boys. Um, so – um, I was, I felt super prepared for this event, you know, like, uh, I believe that on the beginning of this match, there are certain things like, um, I'm someone who's super confident, uh, on my standing, you know, uh, most especially on single legs, you know, a lot of times I give the single legs for countering, you know, um, I, I feel really confident with the counter, with my counters. And, um, because Lucas, uh, is a smaller opponent. I really thought I was I was going to be able to you know to use my counters against him, you know, and uh, it was super funny because he grabbed the single leg, a very tight single leg, and he made me sit. And at the moment, I was like, no way, I can't believe I sat down, you know. <laughs> so I took my time right there. Look, boom, it was uh, it was super clean, and uh, that really impressed me. And I was there taking my time, you know, like going to push him off, you know, because like he he keeps a really good base so he was ke- keeping himself away from me which was very hard for me to get under him so i was like man let me just stand up and do it again i committed i was i didn't believe that he took me down that easy on the single leg so i was like let me do it again you know it's it's gonna work you know and for the second time he made me sit when he made me sit for the second time i was like wow well i better change my strategy you know <laughs> and um uh, Pretty soon there, like, look, like he was, uh, he started very strong on the match and he got this two takedowns very early in the match, which was a good thing for me, you know, because it was 10 minutes match. I believe that was still um, before the five minutes, before the five minutes time. And uh, I didn't really feel the pressure of him passing, you know, like I didn't feel any danger, um, you know, when I was playing guard. So I just took my time, stood up, you know, and then I was like, okay, let's play now. Let's he woke up the old that. man. Yeah. Huh? He woke up the old man. Yeah. Well. <laughs> do you think your experience helped you out there that you were down four and you were able to relax and be like, you know, I still got this and not panic? Man, I think I think I, uh, I think what takes what's have been giving me a lot of advantage uh, now is of course the the experience, man. Uh, again, like back in the days, you know, I used to I, I used to to fight to fight for the titles, you know. Now I fight for the love, you know. So whenever you get when I, whenever I don't get the emotions of the title getting to me, 
I always fight good, you know, like I don't, you know, like in any moment of this match, I was like, of course I was worried about because the difference was, was pretty big, but I was calm, you know, like I'm like, I've been training so hard. Uh, my resistance is 100%. As soon as we start here, they're going to start pushing a little bit more. I felt he was getting tired, you know, and then I'm going to start pushing the pace. And when I start doing so, I felt that right there, when he's walking, you can see that he's already gone, you know. So I was like, cool. You know, I always tell my students that you have to you have to be a sniper. You know, you don't need to do a bunch of moves. You need to do the correct moves at the correct time. So I believe because I start losing at the beginning of the match and I have so much uh, left on the clock, I was just like, man, this is all good. You know, like I got this. Uh, let me make him mistake now. You know, like I'm always trying to address uh, the grips and the reaction so I can actually... Uh, get the proper the, the proper time to shoot. I believe like pretty soon I'm gonna do the first and the first double leg. Your your cardio and our our pace that we train in the gym is unmatchable. You know, it, even though we're older than everybody, we train really freaking hard together. You know, so I think the pace is really what made Lucas give in. Yeah, when when you start seeing your opponent breathing heavy like that, and you still got you know you're, you're still going, how does that make you feel, Cyborg? Well, the way I feel every day in the gym, <laughs> you know, it's time to make the break, you know. <laughs> so that's that's the good stuff, you know. Like man, like we we focus a lot on on on, on the cardio, you know, on the way we push the training. We do man hours of sparring at the gym, and it's so good that we have. Uh, such different, uh, st uh, a lot of different styles at the gym. And mostly, most of the guys who I, I like to train are like a bit smaller than me. You know, like Wagner is smaller than me, but a very fast pace. Uh, Durinho gives me that, gives me that, that, that pace as well. Um, I love training with Yuri Villafort. You know, one of our black belts, man. He's a beast too, non-stop, you know, attacking and defending. Jesus. You know, so we have a lot of really good black belts here who push our pace a lot. You know, so um, what we what we want is to drag the guys into deep waters. You know, um, uh, if if I feel that you know like they can't keep up the pace, I don't need to do much. Just gotta keep doing what I'm doing, and soon enough they're gonna drown. You know. So what what do you think is going through your head right here? You're you're in the second half of the match. Uh, you're down two, but if you score you're going to win because he has a penalty at this point. Yeah, so, but that's tough. Like, and I, he was super tired there already. So, like, and he didn't stop walking forward, you know, which which the way he was breathing, the way he was positioning himself was nothing compared to what he did in the beginning. You know, the pressure wasn't the same anymore. So, right there, I knew there was just a matter of time, you know. Uh, game of patience, you know, like, then that's one thing that the experience for sure gave me. You know, I had another match. The, my last match was against uh, Rafael Lovato. That was exactly the same thing. You know, like I'm super confident with the wrestling we have here. And uh, right there, we're yeah. super, uh, super comfortable. Yeah, boom. That's it. Yeah, if you let, yeah, if the guys let me get there and they stand up, they will, they will fly. I don't really know why. Yeah, if if I get to the back and the guy somehow gets on his feet, yeah, and even gonna, in that gonna... position, super hard to get rid of you there. Yeah, 
Yeah, then I'm just like I'm just like waiting for him to mistake, you know. Yeah, for sure. Because he was like he was breathing super heavy. So and I felt whenever I took him down, the the first suplex that was hard to keep him on the floor. So I just want to make sure that you know I wouldn't miss the opportunity that I had right there. Yeah, you got to be careful too, right? Because if you go out of bounds, you could it could end up just being like an advantage or something too. You got to take him down, but keep. Yeah, it, so I had yeah. to wait for him to push himself outside. Yeah, that's what happened again. You know, he was always I was waiting for him to, to try to run like he did the first time. You know, got a little assistance from Victor Doria right there, yelling at the refs. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> Victor's a really good corner, man. Vitão is Vitão is a really good corner. He's he's like Wagner. He knows how to get into the minds of your opponents as well. He's always have the right thing to say, you know, and uh, he knows how to play, how to play with the with the with the mind of your opponent as well. So, so this was a was who'd you have first round? Victor Hugo, right? Victor Hugo, yeah. Yep. So you beat Victor Hugo, Hulk, and Joao Gabriel. You had probably the toughest road at anybody. Talk about the tournament a little bit. Man, it was an amazing tournament. You know, like um, it was a super cool event. Uh, to start with, you know, like I love the World's Masters. I love the atmosphere of the World's Masters. You know, I believe that the amount of of, of love for Jiu-Jitsu on that event is something uh, amazing because everybody has already a mature vision of the sport. You know, like nobody has the ego there anymore. You know, like everybody there is a, is a fan, is a is someone passionate for the sport. You know, the amount of respect that you see in the fights on the Masters Division, it's super cool, you know, and um, first of all, I was, I was really honored to be able to be competing, uh, you know, like with the kids, you know, which are, man, the best, the best guys on the game, representing the Masters at the World's Masters, you know, so it was super cool for me to be, um, be just being there and representing, representing the, the class of the old people right there, and, um, all the matches were super hard. It was my first match with Victor Hugo, which Victor is uh, is an amazing fighter. You know, he's someone super tough, someone really hard to fight with because you know that uh, his size and of course, of course, his technique is something very hard for you to imitate. You know, I have uh, thank, uh, thankfully I have Roosevelt here at the gym who has kind of the same style as as Victor Hugo has. So that helped me out a lot for every match that I've had with him. So I could, you know, keep my distance. Um, there was uh, like three matches, so I, I didn't want to spend everything. So I was, you know, like super cautious about it. I, I want to believe by five advantages, even though I, I believe I should have got points uh, on a couple opportunities that I've had there. But I won by five advantages, you know, like uh, it was a good victory. João Gabriel, you know, is another... Is um, another one of the guys that I love in Jiu-Jitsu, man. João is a great friend of mine. It's always super hard for me to to compete against him. You know, someone who I look up to a lot. And um, I had a great match with him. One of those guys who we have like we, we've trained a lot together. So it's super hard to fight um, the guys who actually know your game very well. You know. Yeah. So with João was was very technical. You know, we had to study a lot. I couldn't do much. Uh, because I don't really want to play guard to João, to tell the truth, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and you you gotta be careful the way you the way you take him down, you know. Because if he if he gets to sprawl on your head, man, to take that guy from, from the uh, the top of you, it's very hard. So I I played on strategy. We ended up going to distance. Um, the reps gave my way. 
So it was it was it was a good match as well. And then this match there against Hulk, you know that was a battle, man. It was um, a comeback, you know, a very good comeback, and uh, and it could represent the Masters in a, such yeah. a, a very special day with a very special crowd uh, watching the event. You know, uh, I was super proud of uh, myself at that day and uh, uh, proud of being part of that moment. You know, being uh, proud of being able to give a crown, you know, to to the guys who refuse to give up, you know, because there's a lot of guys out there who are questioning themselves, you know, either because they're starting training uh, training late their jiu-jitsu or because just sometimes they lose a little bit of the passion because the everyday dudes that as we get older, the responsibilities catch up, you know. So I like to be the guy who goes out there, represent them, say, hey, guys, look, there's a way, you know, we can do it, you know. As long as we believe ourselves, age is just a number, let's go out there and let's push ourselves. And it was cool because it was right at the perfect stage to do that, you know. I went there and I met the amount of love um, that I got right after the match was something amazing. And I'm super proud to have to have uh, got that moment in my, in my, in my life. All right, so the question I have you, uh, for you now is: You went 40k in Vegas. What was that night like? What did you What did you get into that night in Las Vegas after winning that tournament? ADCC was three weeks later. <laughs> Man, that he, night in Vegas he, was super cool. <laughs> I bet, yeah, I bet. <laughs> We went, we went to we went to the club like man I'm really bad with names right but we went to this club there what like chain smokers were playing we got this VIP place right in front of the right in front of the stage it was amazing we had a lot of really good friends tied there with us and we enjoyed but we, not the way it's supposed to be right because we had ADCC coming up <laughs> not too long too long after so we had a really good night but you know being responsible of course because uh, we had ADCC coming up, but I'm not someone who like drinks a lot too, man. I stopped drinking 12 years ago, pretty much, you know. So now I drink very sporadically, you know. Like I don't really like if I drink two, three times a year is a lot, you know. So like I, I like I like to party, but again, you know, man, it's not it's not on my blood anymore, you know. So I celebrate in different ways nowadays. Celebrate, you know, with my friends, you know, enjoying nature most of the times, you know, and. Uh, that's how I like to celebrate my titles. That's sort of the vibe at Master Worlds, though, right? Like, like you, you see guys <laughs> who just fought each other in the tournament having a beer in the casino right afterwards. It's a di- di- different type of tournament for sure. Uh, yeah. Wagner, we were going to uh, play uh, a, a match that you discussed earlier, just the overtime portion of uh, – you talked earlier you were singing ACDC in this match against Servio. Uh, we're going to start it up uh, going into overtime when you get the submission. So if you want to talk to us about, I'm, I mean, you're a guy who really likes wearing out his opponents. I'm sure you like overtime. So m- maybe walk us through this uh, situation here a little bit. All right. We we had – this match was pretty uh, stagnant on the ground. He pulled guard early on, and I tried to pass. And I just kept kind of the pressure on him. But we spent about a minute and a half on our feet, and I knew – that if he stood long enough that I would take him down pretty easy because his stance was not very good. He's very stiff. And you see, you can see the jabbing or the pushing that I do. It's going to really work here. Watch how I touch his shoulder and, yeah. or touch his head and I come right in real easy because he, you know, he's looking at my hands, you know. When I, when I get people looking at my hands, it, it becomes easy to, to rotate. And, and if you turn your back like he did here, it just becomes even worse because you're not going to get me off there. So 
you know, here I took his back and I went to put the hooks in and he trapped his own arm trying to avoid the hooks. So I started to climb the triangle. You'll see I'll start climbing it with a Kimura grip on the other side. And um, look, I got the triangle on one side. Then he'll remove that arm, and then I'll put the triangle the other way. So he was more focused on defending his neck than he was his arm. So I started twisting his arm uh, kind of like an Americana, and then it became a, a straight arm bar towards the end of it. It um, it became a, a segment of movements that he was just behind on, and I could I could not capitalize on because it's just really good position that I do. Something that I favor in in, uh, in training. So if I start to jump on your back, I'm not really trying to take your back. I'm more of either trying to isolate an arm to finish you, or trying to isolate an arm to control your back to then finish you. So you're you're somebody who has great cardio. You you never seem to slow down. Do you feel like when you get into these ADCC overtimes, that's an advantage for you? I, I if you watch all my matches in ADCC, I press the whole time, and I do that in training as well. I, I tend to. That's why I was saying Cyborg's got great cardio. Like, people don't know that. But me and him, we'll do, like, 20-minute rounds sometimes, you know, where we'll do, like, uh, metamorous rules or we'll start talking crap to each other. And then, you know, people have to tell us to stop and separate us because we just keep rolling with each other, you know. When we were younger, we would do it really long. Nowadays, I'm, I'm, I'm more, I get more scared of him because he's gotten bigger and stronger. <laughs> so, but long story short, yeah, I, I, my cardio is, 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 is insane, you know. I tend to push at, when I feel you get tired. And if I sense you get tired, I'll tell you, Oh, you're getting tired. Now I'm <laughs> going to go a little bit more, you know? So I, I, what I like to do is I start to, I like to set the pace right away on the match. So if I set like, let's say we're going one to 10, I'll set it on a seven. And if I could get you to stay on seven with me, I'll keep that seven to about the halfway marker. And then I'll turn it up to eight or nine, you know, in my pace, at least, you know, and that usually favors me because most guys will either come at you with the nine or a ten right off the gate, you know, trying to explode on you and catch you or make you make a mistake, you know. And I, I usually use that against them because nobody can keep a nine or a ten pace at, throughout a whole match, you know. But if you're smart, you can you can gradually increase that that speed and that pace, you know, which most people don't. They either come at you really hard or they come at you really slow, you know. So if I set a pace in the middle that makes people's life hard, you know, it usually favors favors my style you know it's a great point and that's that's something i use a lot at, at adcc too i want to ask you um since you do have this incredible cardio where do people go wrong in the gym getting ready you know a lot of people train long rounds train hard but it, it seems to be uh, a factor at fight sports that many of the athletes have fantastic cardio what are you guys doing different or what are people ignoring or what are they where, where are they being lazy because i'm sure everyone would like to improve their cardio somehow is there is there some kind of secret you guys have? I think I believe, I believe that it's a matter of faith. Say, say, say. Go on, Cyborg. Go first. Go, go, go first, go. bro. Okay, no, I believe it's a matter of faith. Like <laughs> yeah. Cyborg. We'll go, we'll go with Cyborg. Lead the way. Okay, so like I believe that, you know, like this is consistency on training. You know, like uh, consistent consistent training is going to make the, it's gonna make the magic happen, you know. Uh, a lot of people they don't train hard consistent enough you know um i train jiu-jitsu i don't train a lot you know like, you're not gonna see me training um two times a day at least even you know three times a day i train only once a day but when i train i train you know and i train forever you know i don't have i don't make camps you know i'm always training i'm always prepared you know so i believe that's something that you know, like, we'll build you up into being at a certain point. And the problem is keeping yourself there. 
Um, I, I'm someone who don't really believe in camps. My life is a camp. You know, I'm always in camp. You know, I'm always training hard. I'm always eating good. I'm always taking care of myself. I'm always, always working out, you know. So I believe that, you know, the consistency in training and on the routine that you have is going to make you be great at something, you know, not necessarily just jiu-jitsu, but in life, you know. And I believe that's the secret, you know, because we always training very hard you know there's a lot of teams or a lot of people who have peaks you know they don't train as hard where they go boom they compete and then they want to celebrate be some time out they you know they think that you know they deserve to actually uh, 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 take time out for jiu-jitsu to celebrate and of course they're gonna crash and they're gonna have to come up again so there's just so far you can go doing that way going that way, you know? You can't do five steps forward and then you do three backwards on your weekend, you know? There's just so far you can go, you know? So you always have to be consistent with your training, with the mindset you have towards your training, you know? And that's going to make you succeed, at least on my eyes. Always ready then. You're saying no, you don't, you don't do 100%. camp or something? Yeah. Always ready, you know? I don't get ready. Keep yourself ready, you know? I'm always ready, man. Any day, any time. If I'm not injured, that's the only thing that can get me out of matches though i have fought multiple times very 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 bad uh, injured and i still won you know but you know the only thing that can get me out of the mat is injury other than that man i'm always gonna be there you know that's 100 percent. cyborg said is is everything if you look at gilbert burns and cyborg myself these guys here from florida that we're all training together it's it's the it's the theme you know we're always ready always game for whatever can come come up you know so and i believe and i'll tell you another one if you want to get more in detail to it guys that that are competitors that are at the gym right if you get a guy right let's say our pro training room this is something that irritates me and i always always pick at people that i see doing this we're in a pro training room right if you're all athletes who want to be competitors and i'm not talking about a regular guy i'm talking about a professional who wants to be good at jiu-jitsu and wants to compete and make a living off this if you are resting in between rounds to get another round then you're not going to become better there's no such thing as resting in between rounds there's a if there's a minute rest on the clock that's your rest time it's not the the next round i'm going to rest this round so i can go the next round better because that's that doesn't help you that doesn't make you better because you'll never know the day that you wake up the day of competition if you're having a good day or a bad day you don't know how you're going to feel that day so if you're resting, then you're not going to essentially jump that next level for yourself, you know. And that's the same thing with Cyborg. We're saying, how many guys win a big match or a big tournament, and then they take a week or two off? You can't take that time off. You got to get back in. It doesn't need to be the as hard as you would normally be in there, but you have to be consistent. You have to keep the blade sharp, you know. And the and the problem with that too, Wagner, is the peak. You know, um, again, like I said, I don't need to train a lot because I'm always training, you know? So then you never get those peaks that you're gonna get have over training. The problem is whenever you're not training, you go down. And then in order to the left, you're gonna have to kill yourself, you know? You're gonna have to kill yourself in order to actually achieve the level that you be, you know? I believe that, you know, like keep yourself, uh, keep yourself in trained, you don't need too much. Whenever we have, we're already in camps. We're always in camps. But whenever we have camps, the only thing different truly is that some different guys come to the school. But the training is the same. The training, the, the training that doesn't change. The only thing that changes is the new faces inside of the school. 
you know we have like 165 days a year we have camp at fight sports you know <laughs> Christmas, we're gonna have full back you know so like it's never it's uh, it's for not to be on the mats you know and uh, i believe that for sure differential that and one of the guys who are on their mats there they're always ready man. it calls off if we're not busy with uh, like with some uh, responsibilities already you know like everybody's always ready to fight whatever it is gi no gi like i was competing all the no gi season now and then the guys offered me a fight um with felipe pena right i was supposed to fight him before all of this happened on the gi i'm not really training on the gi you know but they're like man felipe pena's like man that's a good fight i want that fight you know <laughs> and same yeah and same that happened happen, uh last year you know so like again you gotta jump on opportunities you know like uh uh, luck is, is preparation plus timing, you know? If you keep yourself prepared, man, it's going to be much more like you're going to be lucky one of these days, you know? You guys are talking about being always ready and and, and this, but uh, you guys are two athletes who have had success into your 30s. Like, there's plenty of guys your guys' age who have retired already, but you guys are still going with the best in the world. How do you guys think that you guys... We're the last. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, how have you guys adjusted your training uh, to uh, be able to prolong your careers like that, to be able to keep going? We did it. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't change anything? You didn't, we, you didn't... we adjusted. We adjusted. <laughs> <laughs> what would you maybe – Cyborg's what, what, adjusted. What would you tell your younger self if you could give like your – when you just got your black belt self to advice about changing their training back then? Like, what have you guys learned about your training throughout these long careers? Hmm. I, I personally believe that uh, – when we were younger, we definitely trained harder. Um, and I think now that we're older, we're smarter about how we train. You know, we're definitely training and we're also taking in accord, uh, you know, the resting. Like Cyborg said, he gets one hard session a day and that's it. He's not doing two or three, you know, sessions, not doing night sessions, day sessions, middle day sessions. Maybe when we were younger, I mean, I was at least, I would train in the morning and, you know, work construction all day and then work and train at night, you know? So, you know, that's, that to me was, you know, ri- ridiculous compared to what I do today. Today, I feel like I'm spoiled, you know, so. Yeah. For I myself. Mean, I believe that, I believe that it, it, things have changed, you know, and we are the last of the Mohicans, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do I, do, I, do I feel like one thing that I changed a lot is my approach to physical training, you know, my physical conditioning training. Uh, was something that I had to change a lot, and I believe that that change made the entire difference um, on my training. Uh, I used to love to lift heavy, you know, like really heavy. I used to do 16, 1600 pounds on on, on leg press, wow, you know. Uh, it was like I used to push super hard, but and I always pushed super hard on the side with jiu-jitsu as well. You know, so it was like, of course, you know, like you're gonna, you're gonna overdo it, you know. So there was, man, I was injured, or like I always loved to train super hard when I was younger. So um, sometimes I passed the point. Actually, a lot of times I passed the point of training just because I overdid it, you know. And one of the things that actually I've realized is exactly the point on the conditioning training, you know, and not having the need of training more than one time a day 
you know, um, on the pro training itself, I don't believe nothing changed, you know, but it's one time a day that we actually go at it a thousand percent. There's no rest, nobody sitting, you know, we like, we, we leave everything on the mats. But after that, you know, the body doesn't recover us back in the days, you know, so you have to respect it. You know, like I used to lift pretty much every day, super heavy. Now I do, I do sports specifics three times a week. You know, and I feel better than ever, man. And like, I haven't been getting hurt lately. You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel super good. You know, like in a lot of this, I want to thank Maggie, you know, because Maggie came to my life and she was a great plus, you know, um, for my life for real, you know, because she's a great partner. And above all, she's my conditioning trainer, you know, and she has done like uh, uh, a great job when it comes to that, man. I feel better than ever. Um, following her lead, you know, on our workouts, and I feel really good. Feel really good towards that, you know. I've been she has been done, doing uh, done a great job um, with on my physical conditioning. Uh, Wagner, uh, when things are normal, when you're in your normal training schedule, uh, what's your uh, strength and conditioning schedule like? How how often are you doing it? it? It's exactly what Cyborg said. Three days a week. I do Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. You know, okay. uh, pushing, pulling, and explosion. You know, so it's, right. it's exactly what he's saying. So, uh, lately we've been uh, having this theme going where the guest from the day before asks a question for the people that are on the next day. Yesterday we had your guy's friend, uh, Muhammad Ali, uh, training partner, you guys mm-hmm. on and everything. So Ali had, uh, had an interesting question. Uh, he wanted to know cyborg. He says, how is your heart doing these days? What's this? What's the situation? <laughs> that was what I, that was that was Ali. Usually, people ask competition-related questions. That was what Ali had to had to ask for you. Man, this guy, but this guy doesn't leave me alone, man. The first time, he was in the middle of the world, and he's like, and he's doing the interview, and looks at me out of nowhere. Hey, by the way, what's up with your heart? You know, like, like, he caught me completely off, and he didn't even know what to like answer him. I'm a bit of a worker, but this guy's asking about my heart, you know? But, he said that. He said before he asked the question, he goes, man, Cyborg always asks when I uh, – he hates when I ask him this, but I want to ask him this question. That's what, that's what he said. <laughs> Mohammed, Mohammed is a great friend, man. Uh, he's, a, he's an amazing kid, a great champion. I believe that he's a great ambassador of jiu-jitsu, you know, uh, and we're super happy to be him as a training partner of ours. You know, he's always – whenever we have the opportunity, we have him – Come to train with her here in Miami. Um, I have this condition, man. It's even good to um, to clear this out because, you know, like, got a lot of misunderstanding. Um, it was posted like I was going to have an open-heart surgery. Man, I had people, like, calling me, like, oh, like, this guy's retiring. He's dying. You know, like, man, please don't. Don't kill me just yet, you know? <laughs> so um, this is just, like, a problem that I have. It's, the, it's a tachycardia that I have. And uh, my heart, you know, goes, you know, like goes on a, 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 fast, a fast pace once in a while. And uh, and I have to do a surgery, but the surgery is very minor. It's, it's really minor, you know, like I go, they go through my legs with a, with the camera, go to my heart, they burn, you know, the heart. And that's pretty much it. In one month, I should be back to the mats. You know, the problem is just January this year, I had three competitions, you know. So I have to do it on a time of the year that I, I'm not going to be competing or I'm not going to be teaching seminars. So it's just, you know, like, it's just hard to stop, man. One month, 
you know, who can Corona one camp. month to stop, you know? Huh? No better Corona time camp. than the president seems. <laughs> yeah, but you probably can't get that stuff done right now. Right now man. Yeah. You're not even at the end of the I really planned on doing it, like, hopefully on the end of this year, you know, like in December, I might take a month to stop, you know, to have the surgery done. I'm, uh, I'm already looking into doctors and, you know, like, already strategizing the best way to do that. But, man, having a surgery on your heart, as minor as it, minor as it can be, is not something like a, a, a surgery on your knee, you know? So, yeah. like, I'm not going to lie, man. And I'm, I'm super hesitant, you know? Like, and lately I've been feeling great. And, and then I try to convince myself that I don't need anymore, that everything is great. I'm having great results, you know? But the truth is, you know, like... Uh, uh, as I get older, I shouldn't be playing with my health. And uh, the sooner I can do the surgery, the better. But there's nothing wrong, you know. Like, this is something that's completely fixable and there is no risks, you know. And uh, I believe that nobody dies on the day that they're not supposed to, you know. So it's it's all good, man. I have faith and it's all good. We're all very happy yeah. to hear that stay, it's a stay, minor issue. Stay away <laughs> from uh, Wagner uh, after the surgery. However long the doctor says <laughs> no training, add an extra month or no training with Wagner yeah. after that. When I have the surgery, this guy's going to go to the hospital to bully me in the hospital, bro. <laughs> He's going to go to the hospital He's, to talk, to talk shit you, to motivate you, me to get <laughs> Come on, man. I'm, I'm your biggest motivator. You are. I love it. And you know it. That's what I'm saying. You're going to go there just to give me a hard time for me to be like, I got to get better. That's you it. gotta do You got to do this soon because you're almost 50. You know what I mean? Like this is This is serious. So tomorrow, tomorrow we have Eddie Bravo coming on. Does one of you guys have a question you would like to ask? Uh, have us pass on to Eddie, Eddie Bravo. Oh man, Wagner's probably got a I question. Have a yeah, let's, let's... <laughs> I like Eddie. Eddie's 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 good for the sport. You know, uh, he. Uh, I don't know. Let, let me let me let me think about my words here before they come out of my mouth. <laughs> um. Ask him if he ever, if he, if he thinks there'll ever be another TKO in uh, in uh, combat jujitsu like mine. No. All right, that's I don't a great think one. so. I like that. I'm question. sure he'll like that question. He'll like I that don't question. Think so. yeah, that's a cool one. Maybe if Cyborg starts combat jujitsu, we'll see a TKO. Oh man! But uh, all right, so we we I have. I can't, man. I can't fight fighting for me like jujitsu, man. I used to, when I was younger. I used to love to fight. I was like big time street fighter for real. Actually, I came to America for the first time. Because people are trying to murder me in Brazil, you know. Oh, so it, it took me a long time. It took me a long time for me to be able to change, you know, to change who I was. You know, I was someone that you know, like you know, I had a lot of energy and I loved to fight. You know, and it took me a long time to actually be able to take that uh, from my soul. You know, so like jujitsu, like most men, that's why I'm friends with everybody who I fight. You know, I keep the smile on my face. I try to keep a good energy. These guys all have tried to convince me to do MMA. Most of my best, my best friends, you know, they they fight MMA and they're always talking crap for me to be able to fight. I do believe that my style would be a style that would benefit a lot. Again, man, I have um, a lot of wins on, on on the streets, you know, like Kimbo's lives. Kimbo. You know? <laughs> <laughs> But, but man, it's not, a, it's, not, it's not a part of me anymore. You know, uh, everything I do, I do for the passion. Every do I, everything I do, I do for the love, you know. And uh, I don't believe that, you know, nothing that you don't do 
from the bottom of your heart out of passion, you actually be able to be successful with it, you know? In uh, MMA or even combat jiu-jitsu, uh, I believe it's out of my league, you know, like would be something that would bring a cyborg that doesn't exist anymore, you know? Um, you know, I used to be really mean, man, and I tried to, and I tried to keep that guy away from, from the reality that I have today, you know? Like I try to cultivate good vibes, just have good friends around me, you know, and keep, keep on building the, the, the amazing journey that jiu-jitsu has gave me, you know, and that's, that's, that's all I want, you know, but, so I, I let Wagner, Durinho, you know, Jesus, Yuri, you know, Bebe, and all of these other guys represent me out there, you know, like, I, I applaud them, and, you know, like, I'm, I'm really well represented. I'm uh, I'm glad I met you in your master's days. The young Kimbo Slice street fighting cyborg sounds like a really scary dude. <laughs> Believe me, man, I used to be good at it. Yeah. The so we have about three minutes left. If you guys want to maybe just make a little uh, statement to your fans, just say something to people watching at home. Uh, you know, during these strange times, maybe Wagner, you could kick it off. Uh man, I I, I just want to reach out and uh, tell everybody to you know to keep in faith. You know, to let them know that this is temporary that this is like being mounted by your worst nightmare and uh and know that you know a good hip escape is going to get us out of this you know <laughs> and that you know <laughs> just being faithful that uh you know the, that the process will will work itself out you know our country's um the best country in the world to live in and uh you know if you don't live in the usa i i am scared for you but uh living here you know knowing that we have you know a lot of people with good intentions and in, in leading our country it's uh and we know that uh, everything will be okay you know no, nobody's gonna go hungry you know people are sick yeah people will pass away and this is part of the the cycle of life um but um keeping faith and not letting it anxiety and uh and stress take over you is uh is important because you know you can get sick just by by just by that alone you know so faith is everything very nice. What about you, Cyborg? What do you have to say to your fans yeah, out there? I believe if there is, if there is something that Jiu-Jitsu teaches, is self-control, you know. And uh, I believe that that's 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 the moment, you know, when you're losing four zero, you gotta keep it cool in order to you know, to change the score, you know. And then that's what we do every day, man. Every day we are pressured. Every day we have to deal with our emotions. Every day we have to overcome hardships, you know. This is not different, you know. But gratefully. We're, we're built to be confident warriors, you know, like all of us, you know. And I believe that that confidence is going to make um, our community success, uh, succeed, you know. I'm not one bit afraid of everything that's happening because um, I know the, 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 the strength that our community has. I know the strength of every one of the practitioners have, you know. And uh, I'm just, man, I'm, I'm super positive about it, you know. Uh, I just... You know, wish I hope everybody keeps positive, you know, and believe truly that you know you're able to get out of this, you know, like and despite of the outcome, despite of how hard it's gonna be after, man, if you're healthy you're gonna be able to pull it off. So, you know, just have faith, you know, like Wagner said, man. Whenever you understand that you have a God above us, man, nothing can actually, you know, like take your peace out of your heart. A lot of people talk about peace and that's what peace, you know. When everything is on fire, you know you you're cool because you know that, you know, there is a bigger God that you're going to be able to help to pull it off. So that's what I think. Well, guys, thank you so much for calling in. We had a great time chatting, exchanging stories. 
I uh, hope you guys stay safe and sane. That goes for everyone at home as well. Tomorrow we have a very interesting show lined up with Eddie Bravo. Yeah. That'll be at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. Michael, what, what do you want to let the fans know? Yeah, we got a, a lot of good stuff coming up. we got Eddie tomorrow. We have Monday. We have Gary Tonin and uh, Gordon both calling in. We have Bia Mesquita next week. We have Buchecha, Pergisa, a lot of big names coming up. So stay tuned. we got daily shows. Uh, I want to also say thanks to Cyborg and Wagner. A great show. I had a great time talking to you guys. Always love talking with you guys. Always great vibes. And, yeah, everybody stay safe out there. All right, guys. We'll see you in the next episode thanks, of Who's Number One tomorrow afternoon. Take Thank care. You.